0: We know about a father wound. What we don't know about is a mother wound. And I want to talk about it for a minute. A mother wound is trauma that your mom dealt with that she never got healed from and she passed it on to her kids. If you had a mom that was emotionally unsupportive, highly critical, or had low self-esteem, you you pick some of that up. How your mom felt about herself, how she dealt with relationships, even what she believed becomes ingrained in you, and you maybe maybe don't even know it. Maybe your mom, now listen, this, this is gonna be a little challenging for some of us to walk through, but I want you to think about this. Maybe your mom looked to you and your brother or sister to meet her emotional needs, to solve her problems, or maybe she attempted to live her life through you. Maybe mom kept you home from school because she was having a bad day. Maybe you became your mom's best friend whenever you were young. And instead of being a mother, she wanted to be a friend to you. She wanted to hang out. Maybe she talked about your dad to you and you became a counselor between mom and dad. That's a mother wound. And what happens in your life is that causes you to be a fixer, a rescuer, or an enabler. And you may not even realize that you're that. Here is eight traits of a mother wound. Number one, it'll give you the inability to set boundaries. Some of you, as we read through this, you'll realize I do have a mother wound because this is what I do. An inability to set boundaries. You just have a hard time setting boundaries on people. They constantly violate your boundaries and you just let them. Number two, insecurity with body and physical appearance. Here's the crazy thing. How many parents we got in the room? Raise your hand if you're a parent. All campuses, raise your hand if you're a parent. Okay, listen, this is super important. You can change it now. How you speak to your kids is very important, okay? But I want you to understand this. You can be the most positive parent in the world. You can tell them every day, you're amazing. I love you. I believe in you. You can do anything. You can be anything. You're beautiful. You're handsome. I'm proud of you. You you are so smart, but they don't hear that. Do you know what they hear? They hear what you say about yourself, and that's the identity they take on. You can tell them they're amazing, but if you constantly say, I'm a mess up, I just don't feel like I have any friends, I'm fat, nobody likes me, I just can't get it together, I'm never organized, nobody will ever be happy with me, your outside voice becomes their inside voice. This is important. Number three, it creates codependency in relationships. Number four, it creates an inability to regulate your own emotions or self-soothe in healthy ways. If you had a mom who couldn't regulate her emotions, high highs, low lows, constantly frustrated, you never knew what you were going to get with mom, she couldn't calm herself down, therefore you can't calm yourself down through life. And you'll say things like, no, no, I'm just having a moody day. No, no, you're just unhealed somewhere in your life. And so you don't know how to soothe. Number five, fear of abandonment. Many, many mothers had a fear of abandonment, so if dad comes home at 5.30 when he was supposed to come home at 5, it's not just he's late from work, it's in that 30 minutes she can build in her head, he's run off with somebody, he's out doing something that he shouldn't be doing and passes that on to you, and so you constantly fear abandonment in your life. Number six, chronic self-judgment, self-criticism, and comparison, looking at other people constantly Number seven, fear of displeasing your mother or looking to her before you make any decisions. Y'all, I know people who talk to their mother before they talk to their spouse about big decisions. Just look straight ahead right now, don't. (laughs) Number eight, it creates a lack of self-trust. I don't trust myself, so I'm constantly seeking approval for my decisions from other people. Why is this important? Here's why it's important. Because it can push you into bad relationships and toxic relationships because that's what feels like home.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Voice of Reason returns to KBLA with yet another deep discussion. A barn burner, if you will. Tonight's topic is the follow-up to Monday's topic where we talked about the father wound. Tonight... We're going to talk about Mommy Dearest, the mother wound, understanding the problems in the child and mother relationship with my god sister. She's on the line. Couldn't make it in person. She's on the line. My sister, Pacoia Robinson, is on the line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring her in real quick. Dr. Pacoia <laughs> psychologist in all, and mama. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Dr. Pekoya, how are you tonight?
2: Hey, how are you, Brother Zoe? How are you?
1: I am alive and well. Now, I know right. you busy, but did you hear that clip? Whew, I did. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. I did. I did. It's a barn burner. It is a barn burner. Bernard, listen, when I come forward, my god sister and I will be taking phone calls. 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. When we come forward, I'm going to be asking questions. We're going to be taking calls. And we're going to be breaking down this most complex relationship between mother and child.
3: Reason. Reason. the reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear—our feelings won't disappear. Won't disappear. You're listening disappear. to the voice of reason with Zoe so Williams on KBLA Talk 15. Tonight's
1: topic, brothers: Are you afraid to discover your inner mother wound? Are you looking for your broken mama in your next soulmate? Oh Lord! One eight hundred nine twenty fifteen eighty. Mommy, dearest. Understanding problems in the child-mother relationship. Did your mother's unhealed wounds teach you to become a wounded fixer, enabler, and rescuer of broken souls? Male or female? I want to know. one 800 920 Get to your phone lines. I need to talk to you. True or false? Your choice. Oof, I don't want to say this right now. I'm going to wait for that one. I'm going to hold that one. Agree or disagree? A dismissive mother can impact the way you see yourself, others, and the world in general. Come on now, 1-800-920-1580. True or false, both men and women can suffer from an unhealed mother wound. Can a mother wound be passed down intergenerationally? Brothers, are you afraid to discover your inner mother wound? I got to ask that question again. It's very fire right now. Did your mother consciously fail? Listen, listen to how it's worded. Did your mama consciously fail to meet your emotional needs as a child? Consciously failed. In other words, on purpose. You know, I'm not interested in that. I'm just not going to sign up for that. My mother told me this when I was 30. She said, when you were young, you were just too much. I just couldn't handle you. You were just too much to handle. I just I just quit. And she quit at a time in which I needed her the most. Varsity basketball. She quit. She just said, you know, it's just, you're just. She didn't tell me this until 30 years, or until I was 30. She just said, man, you're just too much to deal with, man. You're just too much. So I quit. 1-800-920-1580. Somebody get to your phone lines. Mothers are so... That's what we just say, man. Mothers are just so important. Oh, man. How can a, a mother wound affect a daughter? How does a mother wound affect a a son of, like myself? Oh my God. I love my mama. Mama, Omo. Omo Rosetta, come here, mama. I love my mama still. I want to know. I want to know how you dealt with it. Are you dealing with it? Are you getting over it? Are you getting through it? Did you model slash learn emotional avoidance from your mother growing up? What is cold mother syndrome? There's a syndrome called cold mother syndrome. What is that? Ah, can a mother be an emotionless provider in much the same way as a father? We hear about the emotionless provider when it's a father, but can the same come from mama? one 800 1580 my sister, Dr. Pacoia Robinson is on the line. Miss Pacoia Robinson, psychologist. Let's talk about it. <laughs>
2: What do we got, bro? What do we grab? Where do I begin? Now, I definitely want to preface this
4: yes, quickly please. with:
2: I listened about daddy issues the other day, mm-hmm. and I have found when talking about mother issues, it is taboo—the most difficult thing to do. It yeah. is can't nobody, don't nobody talk about my mama. Yeah. And that's a lot of the reason why we as adults cannot heal from the mother womb. It's something very taboo to say, Mom messed up. Right. But you can say, My daddy ain't shh. Right.
1: right. Right. But we
2: cannot say, Our
5: mom
1: not You cannot come for mama. You cannot. can't. And like Never. I said, I, I, I knew a young lady, man. I knew a young lady a few years ago, wait, you know, at least five. Young lady's mom pimped her out, but she loved her mother to death. When I say she pimped her out, I mean her mother was her madam. She was a child, hooking her up with adults. Real stuff. I got a friend, my homeboy, my homeboy Reggie King. I didn't mean to say his name, I'm sorry. It just came out. He's my friend. The mother of his oldest daughter, because she couldn't have him, put cigarettes out on the one-year-old. Put her cigarettes out on her. Nobody wants to come from mama. Is listen, are toxic mothers the personification of Stockholm syndrome? Can you tell me about this, Miss Pecoya, Doctor Pecoya? Wow.
2: I, you know what, that question, I've never had it put to me this way. Anytime I think of Stockholm Syndrome, it's, it's so much removed from the home, from this initial attachment. But as I think on the fly about the concept of what happens in Stockholm, it absolutely happens with attachments with parents, and especially our mothers. And I'll say this because there was a study done. Oh man, 60s, where they did worked with rhesus monkeys,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and they took monkeys and away from their birth mother to kind of show them being raised by a surrogate. But the surrogate mother was a wired, sticky monkey. It was <laughs> nothing, and it would feed you. Mm-hmm. But the other monkey that didn't provide food was made of like terry cloth. And anytime the monkeys were afraid, scared, they'd run to the terry cloth one. They'd hang out with the terry cloth one. But the terry cloth one provided them with nothing. Mm. The only time they went to this wired, sticky, harsh one is only they wanted to eat. Mm. But they still went back to it, you know, but spent time with this cloth one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, and. It just makes me think like even with Stockholm when we're, you know, abused, but it's the person that's feeding you. They're clothing you. They're keeping you mm. um, safe, technically. And you're fully still attached to that to the point where you think it's the best way. It's the best thing since sliced bread.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And we continue to return to that trauma, to that situation, and start to think it's healthy.
1: Mm. It's love. So, so, Pekoy, so, what what is... What is the technical definition of, you know, mother wound, right? A mother wound. What does that mean? Because I know it's not in you guys' literature anywhere. Somebody somebody probably coined it and wrote a book on it. I got the book. But what, what is the technical definition of it?
2: Wow. See, that, because there isn't a definition in the book that I can regurgitate to the world right now, um, I think it's the behavior, the, um, if we can even put words to it, the reaction of having an absent mother. How does that look? It shows up in so many different ways, whether that's from inability to connect to others. Mm-hmm. If that, uh, there's even studies where it's ADHD, there's um, the desire to, Are you're like insatiable. In right. relationships, Let's right. say seeking multiple partners, mm. right? Can't settle down. You know, our, our players, these they're insatiable. I can't find love. Even the people where they have to take care of others, or they find, you know, the, the broken puppies and they bring them home all the time. And they start to do that with people. Mm it's what it looks like versus it's a actual definition where I could flip in a book and say, Oh, mother wound. I can tell. I know exactly what this is when someone's describing relationships to me or lack thereof, or having difficulty connecting, we can always source that back to which parent they're trying to mimic that void from Ooh, in those relationships. Oh,
1: oh, 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 God! And when you're mimicking a parent, unconsciously, you're also mimicking their wounds, their unhealed wounds, correct? Absolutely. And Mm. we get to know it's called wound now because
2: therapy today is becoming more acceptable that our parents and our grandparents didn't know they were wounded warriors,
4: Mm. as
2: I call them. They didn't know it was a wound. It was a way of living life. Like, it was a way of survival. If you go back enough generations for black people,
4: mm-hmm.
2: they're, we're just surviving. We didn't have time for hugs and cries and kisses and nurturing. It mm. was to keep you alive. Gosh. And now, as it, we've progressed, that's dry and um, unloving and unaffectionate mothers and grandmothers,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they were survivors. We
1: didn't have time. They didn't have time to hug. They they didn't have time to hug. They didn't have time to reinforce, emotionally reinforce, psychologically reinforce. They didn't have time to encourage. And we understand, you know, based off of, you know, who we are here in America and what we've been through. But Doc, have you seen Mother's? that are consciously this way and not necessarily programmed by the toxicity. Well, we all are programmed by the toxicity of this society. Um, but have you have you seen somebody who just said that this is the way I am and that's just what it is? Like the Joe absolutely. Jackson of mamas.
2: Absolutely. And you show me that person and give me 48 hours with them they will understand that came from somewhere it's not just i made this up by myself no you didn't mm. they can say that but that could be the limitation in their own insight of their themselves and i do think some traits are genetic and passed down
1: wow so this is generational curriculum i've i've moved away from the term generational curse and said it's generational assignments, it's generational curriculum. It may be passed down to you, but it's your job and you have the opportunity to actually learn from it and then transcend it. What are your thoughts on generational curses as generational curriculum?
2: You know what? I'm not a word clingy person. I'm able to understand the message versus being stuck on the words used. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think having to... I think code switch with our language to make sure everyone's comfortable is the a, a thing of society today. Right. So if you say generational curse, if you say it's a curriculum, whatever, it's our DNA, however you want to get that message across, at the end of the day, we know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Or I know what you're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. A- and um, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I'm, I'm I'm right with you. Go ahead.
2: No, no, no. You go ahead. You no, go on. No, no, Six you five. go ahead. No, you go.
1: No. <laughs> so, can can you give me like two tips? How do you mm-hmm. how do you overcome being raised by a narcissistic mother or a borderline mother? Like, how do you overcome that?
2: Oh, shit therapy. Uh, you know, it's a lot of therapy. Um, at one point, it's and why I say therapy is because sometimes you do not know There is a different way to love and attach and behave. Some, it's like you're on the wheel. This is how it's taught and this is the way it is.
4: Mm -hmm. So
2: breaking up with those lessons and I have to help people break up with that mindset or that distortion that if I don't accept my mother's every word as true and live this out, it's a disrespect to her. So it's starting there. And no, you don't know how to do it unless you read a couple of books and, and go to school, you know, doctor school like me. But it, it is a way you have to bounce these ideas off of somebody that's trained and not your day to day friends.
1: like. So wait, so wait, but it is. so doc, when we come forward, we're going to bounce some questions off of you and we need some healing. When we come forward, the doc is going to give us some tools and she might put herself in therapy for cursing. He's on fire
3: tonight. On fire. It's the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: No one above you, sweet Sadie. Well right Turn it off. Now, what if Sadie was toxic? Hmm? What if Sadie was broken, man? We still love mama but mama can plant the seed of drama in her kids and it can blossom into a complete mess it's okay it's okay you can you can you can recognize what's wrong with your mother and still love her and still accept her this is part of it man it's a tough thing but it can be done if you have a mother wound you might think you will never be good for somebody else. You might feel unlovable, right? You might feel like I'm just not good enough. I'm just, why do I feel so empty? Why do I always doubt myself? These are things that healthy mothers do. They say, it's okay, baby. It's all right. You know, you're going to be all right. You, you, Miss Smile Bright, 1997. We're going to win that trophy next year. That's mamas, man. Mamas love you, they pour into you. But sometimes they could be pouring from a contaminated pitcher. 1-800-9-2015-80. Pacoia, Dr. Pacoia. What happens when Mama is transmitting and downloading clinginess and over-demanding and critical and struggles with affection and lack of uh, independence and detachment and excessive caretaking and tense relationships with all your significant others. What, how do you say mama, how do I break up with all of this stuff you gave me?
2: Man, that that's a lot. I'm going to watch my mouth too. Cause I, I, I got the rules now. <laughs> so one thing, what we're talking about is in, in general, let's just say a mother, had all of those aspects and usually though realistically how it would happen or how it would look in a house is that type of behavior would be directed at each child differently Mm. so let's say broken moms or wounded mothers or mothers with mental illness in birth order one of those parents is going to say, oh, this one's my favorite. I don't like this one. You look like your daddy, so I'm going to beat you up. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, these toxic things we, we've we probably been a part of, they've, we've seen it in our house, we have friends, family, cousins, whatever. What we have to understand is how that child also receives that behavior mm-hmm. because every child's temperament is different. So it's hard to answer that question in this global way to break it up other than me always going back to however it's showing up in this adult life today as a maladaptive attachment, that's what we go back to and talk about because mm-hmm. that child's mindset is probably different from their siblings.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, some siblings come out of it untouched, unscathed, and that's just their personality. They might right. be a Scorpio.
1: Oh, okay. Dr. Picoia, Scorpio. You know what
2: I mean? (laughs) You never know. But what I'm saying is we have to also understand their personality, even in in children. Even when they're little, there's a um, kind of a personality within that child that's developed already at two. Some Mm -hmm. kids can numb it out and process it away, whereas some are really, really impacted by it. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's just reverting back to... How is that showing up, those behaviors and that treatment and the way that person received it, those thoughts around it, you have to unroot that and peel back those layers with that person directly.
1: So let's get a little deeper. Tell me, what is the technical term? And and, and I I know it, but I want the, the listeners to get a piece of it. What is the technical term for maladaptive attachment styles?
2: Maladaptive attachment styles. What's the technical term?
1: Yeah, like explain that to. Folks. Yeah, are you
2: talking about that?
1: Because you, you, you said sometimes the, the the kid might uh you know develop a a, a maladaptive attachment style. So, oh, right. Yes.
2: Okay, so um, that's when again it comes back from the initial attachment therapy where children can be dismissive they can be fearful it's it's dismissive avoidant fearful avoidant anxious preoccupied again it was a study done where you can a child was put in a room alone Mm -hmm. and their caregiver the mom is removed from the room and most kids at a certain age they would cry and look for their mother
1: who's that that's the lady right Ains Ains somebody uh Ainsworth yeah Yeah, Ainsworth Ainsworth. yeah Yeah, the strange the strange whatever it's called yeah
2: Correct. Strange room, yes. something like that, something right? Something like
1: that. you know. I should know this. Uh, yes, but, but yes, you should. That's situation.
2: why you're here. Yeah. Strange, <laughs> it's called a strange situation where they put the child in a room and then they remove the the caregiver to see how the child would respond. Right. And when they're, if it's a secure attachment, you can tell this child has healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of resourceful. When a child is anxious, um, and you can tell this by they have these abandonment issues these fears where they can't be soothed once um the mother returns or a kid that's fine you know you drop your kids off at kindergarten preschool and they cry and cry and cry and eventually they're like she's not coming back let's just go play with some toys mm-hmm. that's a healthy way there's also this fearful avoidance where it's this fear of rejection. Um, They can't trust. These people have trust issues. Low self-esteem later in life, and you'll see that kind of reaction also. And another one is, I think, what did I say? Secure, anxious, fearful. There's dismissive, avoidance, Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like the mother returns to hug the child, and the child pushes them away, but kind of hugs. It's like, oh, get on. I wasn't crying for you, Argentina. The
1: the child pushes the mother away.
2: That's right. So they seem guarded and closed off. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can see this kind of dismissive, um, avoidant attachment is the child cries for the mom and then the mom returns and then the kids are like, Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Wow. Um, or even you will see where even the mother cannot soothe the the crying child. That's how I can look and see, Oh wow, this, um, this child, this mom is absent. Um, and you can see that with, you know, mothers who may have substance abuse, uh, women of the night, their their yeah. child is never there. Mm-hmm. To where it's almost like a stranger walking back into the room for that child.
1: Mm-hmm. They're asking questions about reactive attachment disorder. Your thoughts?
2: Reactive, uh, uh huh. Reactive attachment. That's what. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Um, that it is a disorder, and it's where the. Again, it's. This lack of healthy boundaries are the bonds, should I say, with the parent figure. And I say parent figure because, again, a mom could be the grandma, could be the auntie, whomever it is. But we're talking about moms for this show. But when you see an emotional bond um, with a caregiver because of emotional neglect, Early, early on, you can see that child has difficulty with um, connecting uh-huh. with others. They even have trouble managing their own emotions, things like that. Wow.
1: You well, Let me just say this, because mm-hmm. the Internet has created a false persona of manhood. It's a lot mm-hmm. of men okay. running around talking about. They the big dog, and they, you know, masculinity. And listen, why Mm -hmm. why is it so difficult for men to discover their inner mother wound? And I ask this question because you really can't be a man. Until you heal the inner mother wound. You can't be useful in a relationship. You can't contribute to a relationship in a healthy way unless you acknowledge and embrace that inner mother wound. Why do so many men like feel like there's nothing wrong with them and they're good. Talk to me.
2: Wow, you know, and I think that goes back to the very beginning of where I was speaking of how it's so hard to say, shame on you, mom. And I especially think it's more difficult for men to do this because just the general and stereotypical love men tend to have for women, their mothers, that caretaking piece. There's always this space in your heart. I think that shows up and in realistic when working with men that have this wounded mother issue it's a lot of times their mom was also a single mom so to shame her in any way it, it's almost like it's a black and white thing like i can't be grateful that she showed up and all the things she did for me if i say one thing bad about her it erases all everything the, yes, good like yes. I can't, i can't say this i can't say that to my mom right. and i'm like no yes you can It doesn't erase or negate everything else she was able to do and did do in, you know, taking over that absence of your father. Right. That's a hard piece to learn and even accept. I have some men that just never will do it.
1: Wow. It's heavy stuff, man. It's heavy stuff. Dr. Pacoya. Robinson, my sister, is on the line. How can people follow you? How do they support your work? If somebody is hurt, if somebody is broken, can they call you? Because I'm going to send a whole bunch of people to you. Can they call you?
2: Oh, yeah. They can definitely call me, but
1: it won't
2: be like uh, donate $10 on this show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you can reach me at in the letter N, s. I G H T M S Mary E. That is my IG at Insight Me, or if you have insight.me at gmail.com.
1: Mm-hmm. I always answer. And now let me—I got it. I got another one to ask, man. Men with the unhealed mama wound, like that—that that unhealed mama wound, mama, mama. That unhealed mama wound. Do they go out, and are they a? Do they go out looking for that mama energy, that wounded energy that mama had? Do that. In other words, are they going out unconsciously dating energetic carbon copies of their mother? Oh, absolutely. Ooh. Um,
2: and and it's one of those things that not knowing it. So let's think the person is not whole. We all have aspects of ourselves. So let's just say this um, this mother that created this wound. There's a strong aspect of that mom that was able to, I don't know, maybe overcompensate for the father maybe not being there. Let's take that example.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, coming down on the son really hard, And being very rigid and very strict. I know you talked about helicoptering and and being cold. And there's this idea that the mother has to overcompensate to raise a son by herself. So now it's like this is what men need, and it's almost injecting this. You don't need hugs and kisses. You need to stand up and be a man. Wait, so wait, that hold on,
1: because... hold on. Just mm-hmm. hold tight, because mm-hmm. you're cooking right now. Hold mm-hmm. tight. When we come forward, my sister, Dr. Pacoia Robinson, will continue that very thought. Do not forget it when we come forward. We're going to get
3: the rest of it. Is it good to, you? good to you? More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Come forward.
1: Yeah. My playlist is my co-host, Listen, I'm going to have fun, even though this is a difficult topic. It's a heavy topic, but I'm going to have fun. Junior said, and Mama used to say, but not everything Mama said was good for your soul. When your Mama said, you remind me of your daddy. Whew. And it wasn't encouraging and uplifting. You just like your daddy. Ugh, I hate it when... ugh. Ooh, Mama used to say some terrible things, Doctor Percoya. (laughs) Get in here, sis. I'm back. I'm back. (laughs) So you were saying before we came forward, and now we're full circle. I want you to finish the thought you were making before the last intermission.
2: Okay, I think I remember where I left off. Oh Jesus! The overcompensation. That may have to happen with a mom, right? I think that's what I was saying. I wish you didn't cut me off, but we had to go. um, I know, I know. Um, I should have took some notes on my own thought, but I think what I was saying as far as um, trying to contain that and the black and white thinking that comes with addressing a mom that may have passed down this wound. Um, if the father's not there, the mother has to overcompensate in inputting and in injecting kind of toxic, what turns into toxic masculinity, like be a man. And they can reframe intentionally or unintentionally the affectionate piece that goes into, and I think is very necessary to raise a healthy and emotionally stable man. Mm. Mm. That idea that that mother may have that these, boys don't need that. Um, now how it looks in relationships is, is what, what, what does a man that didn't have his mother hug him and kiss him and love him and show him affection? What does that look like? Mm, mm. Um, it can show up in many different ways. Um, and then on the, on the other end, there's this overly, um, attached mom. Mm -hmm. The, the mother bear, my boy does no wrong, my baby, Mm -hmm. the mother that does not hold a son or a man accountable, then how does that look later in life? Right. You know, who is that initial teacher? Um, and that can also be out of fear of wanting your son to leave. I've had stories of mothers never wanting their sons to leave their house. They can stifle them. So it's kind of like baby boy. Mm -hmm. What what was wrong with baby boy? Mm. Right. Those are real, live situations where can a son stay in that presence of his mother forever? No. How will okay. that relationship look when that adult male and his girlfriend, wife, or whatever is not measuring up to mom still doing your laundry?
1: Mm. Mm. mm.
2: And these are the expectations.
1: That's like fine.
2: If you won't do it, my mama will. Of course she will.
1: That's She's, like no Martin. One else the house with it. Right. That's like, right. That's like Martin with his mama. My mama biscuits. Who, these ain't my mama biscuits. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> so these wounds, when they're handed down, I, I, again, someone said the, our mothers do the best they can with, you know, the cars that they were dealt and all the other bumper sticker cliches we see. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's the adult's responsibility to heal the wound. Pequoya. Period.
1: You're not gonna like this. We gotta go forward one more time. But go forward. There is somebody who is trying to call in and they wanna talk to you. And they are a childhood friend of mine. They've been hitting me on Instagram. I can't I can't do nothing. I'm on my phone, so I can't respond to your Instagram. But she she was like, I want to talk to Dr. Picoya. You hold tight, Dr. Picoya. When we come forward, we're going to see what Picoya has to say to these callers that are on the line.
3: KBLA 1580
0: Santa Monica. I'm Julia Swa- That way. See that?
6: Well- because I saw him playing basketball a... and you... going on dates so together. So what? And... Mind your business. You say that you don't see the man that your son is. So I'm asking you, since this is not a demonstration of a man, you need to tell me what man you're using to measure him with. Which one? My idea. Which is your idea. Mm-hmm. Now, is that the idea you trained him up to be? No. Oh so how in the blazing bejesus are you holding him accountable to a standard that you didn't teach him his father didn't give him he don't even know what it is and yet as his mother you sit in his face and tell
1: him you don't respect him as a man tell me okay how that stop, works. stop stop stop, stop. we're gonna play that whole thing again i'm sorry But Iyanla touched on something that we have yet to touch on in this show. When I'm doing the research. Welcome back to the Voice of Reason on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm just excited right now. I'm blown away right now. When Iyanla on Fix My Life covered that piece. That episode was crazy. We don't really talk about it. When I was doing research for this show. You know what I found? They refused to say a lot of moms are like this. And in the research, it's moms are like this because of men. Right? You don't really hear that sometimes moms are bad people. Just like we have a difficult time calling our mama out for her BS, society in general. Listen, it's Woman's Month. Can we just be honest? Sometimes. There are bad people, both men and women. And sometimes some of those bad women become mamas. Okay? That woman who was incalcitrant towards Iyanla's questioning, right? She was stiff and stubborn, right? Didn't want to. Mm, it was my idea. I was dating. <laughs> Whoa, wait. Oh, OK. Now, did you raise him according to the I no, I didn't. And then you're going to turn around and tear the boy down. Come on now. Some people are just bad people. Didn't y'all see a woman just shoot up a school? Let's not act like women don't have the capacity to express their toxicity. Get in here, Dr. Pocoya. I need answers. Now now you're
2: about to get my inbox really blown up. It's Women's Month and you want me to tell the truth about it? <laughs> All right. All right. No, you have some great points, um, I think that goes into she, the—
1: She was a transgender, where women by the way. Have, I'm sorry. The shooter was a transgender. Where women, I just thought I'd
2: Oh, heavens. <laughs> We're, um, I think this is one of those double standards that error and favor women, finally,
6: mm-hmm.
2: where it's, oh, when a woman acts up or does something bad or kills somebody, it's because of a man right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are very, very bad people in general, and there are very, very bad women and very bad mothers. To say whose fault was that, we'll be here all day. It's, it's, it's cyclical. We're gonna, it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because it'll be like, did that woman have daddy issues? Well, their dad wasn't there. Or their mom wasn't there. Well, that mom's dad wasn't there. We can chase that dragon forever, but mm. at the end of the day, I cannot express enough. It is our choice Mm. as an adult Mm -hmm. to decide to fix it period. I can't go on and blame my mother every for the rest of my life. I could, but what good would that do me? I can be
1: a shitty parent. I could be a shitty mom, but uh, at some point are you, are do you we cursing learn again? right and wrong. Wait a minute. Are you shoot, shoot, shooty? Shooty. I said shooty. No, you didn't. Shooty. Just listen, hold on. Shooty this... mom. Shooty. <laughs> Dr. Picoia, you're a doctor for Christ's sake. What in the world? You know doc- there you go. <laughs>
2: we, we live too. I put my pants on one leg at a time, just so everybody knows. Real women aren't perfect, and perfect women are not real. Ooh, Hello, everyone. Here we go. My name is Dr.
4: McCoy.
2: <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm sorry, uh, everybody out there, again. But the the passion behind what I'm saying is what I try to get each of my clients to understand. You can blame your parents forever, mother or father but what good is that doing you? Is it working, is what I ask them. How's that working out for you? Mm. Because at the end of the day, yes, our parents did what they had to do or whatever their reasoning is. But I get the choice later
4: mm-hmm. to
2: say, I understand right and wrong. I understand the kind of person I want to be. I know good from bad, my good from my bad. I've picked a religion to follow. Whatever it is,
4: mm-hmm. it
2: doesn't say nail your parents to the cross and stay there and die if they're with them. It does not say that
1: hmm That's true. We I, should ascend. I'm with you. I'm with you. Are you ready to take some callers? Sure am. Are, are you are you sure? You ready?
2: I sure am. Let's see if they are they going are they in the chat? Tell them to donate. I'll answer anybody's donate.
1: Oh, so. here we go. Here we go. Let's let's get <laughs> Fred. Just to help you, Fred from Northridge, California. Get in here, Fred. Now keep it brief, Fred. Ask your question or Fred might have a whole story. What up, Fred? Get in here.
7: Okay, I ain't going with no foundry stories. Okay. Thank you. Nothing at the foundry. <laughs> okay. I'm just being 100. When my mom and dad got divorced, my mom took out her anger on me because I was a light skin like my dad.
4: Mm. Okay,
7: that's just that simple. And the things uh, she used to... Beat the living daylights out of my brother, almost made him lose his eye by hitting him in the eye with a belt buckle. Okay. Mm. The reason why she did this was because my brother he had problems, okay? And because she was a school teacher, it embarrassed her in front of her peers. I was an A student. Okay. It was no big deal. I was a nerd. But as far as she was concerned, she was supposed to be the teacher that was teacher of the year because everybody gave her acolytes of how, she, how good her students, and smartest students was. But she couldn't handle uh, the pressures at the house. Okay. So, you know, people put on false images in public, but, you know, you always find out at the end uh, what really went on.
1: So your question... I never
7: put my... Oh, my question is, I ain't got no question. I think white women, Mexican <laughs> women, whatever. Shit, oh, like, I ain't think about it. Everybody you know, and, cursing. And thing, okay.
1: And, uh, and, 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 it, and, no, it. I
7: said, dang, I didn't say curse. <laughs> I didn't curse. It. I did her. Okay. All I'm saying is, look, I got with the white girl because I knew my mom wouldn't put her hands on them because she'd get locked up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so y'all can say, hey, I did the for, man, she beat up my college sweetheart. Her dad was a minister of the church. Do you know how hard it was for me to look that man in the eye and explain to him why my mom and socked her, her, his daughter in the head with a well. Uh,
1: wow, Fred, Fred, thank you, brother. We got to push forward. This is the end of our first break. Lord, have. Fred is it? The brother is like cheesecake, you understand. You can't sit down and eat a whole cheesecake. It's too rich. It's just, Fred is rich with his knowledge. It's just so much. Oh my God. Dr. Picoya, he didn't ask you a question, but the phone lines are absolutely on fire. Let me get to my brother, Sean from Oakland,
8: California. Sean,
1: get in here.
8: Hey, brother. What a wonderful um, show going on here. Um, very difficult uh, subject. And, you know, I know you're a brother from another mother. Because I could, I was chomping at the bit for like 20, 30 minutes, going, "Mama used to say, <laughs> take your time, young man." Mama used to say, "Don't you rush to get old." No, that I was, I was just like, "Zoe, you got to be playing that." I was yelling <laughs> at myself. Anyway, uh, you know, my thing is uh, absolutely the mom is, is so influential, and the dad in any kind of, you, you bring kids into this world, obviously, um, you know, I can only speak of my own experience, you know, and, and, uh, and I was, you know, my parents divorced when I was pretty young, and my mom, you know, my dad couldn't be with one woman. That, that was kind of his, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I still loved him. He was a good guy. And my mom, here's, I don't know if this should happen with all moms, but my mom never said a bad thing about him. She never said a bad thing about him until I was older. She just said, he cheated on me. But before that, when I was a young guy, she just said, oh, it just wasn't working out, blah, blah, blah. And so I was too young to even ask the questions. But the other thing is my mom was telling me, because we always listen to our mom, I, at least I did, uh, which is uh, she said, you know, everyone's going to tell you the grass is always greener. You know, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care if you've got boats, yachts, tons of money in the bank or whatever, brother. Everyone has issues. And that's why we should be a community. That's why we should work together. Because, you know, if we don't, then our neighbors and our family members and everyone else is just going to be a hot mess. So I would just say, please, think about everyone's experiences. They really affect everyone. And yes, moms have superior power over kids as they're growing up. And, uh, you know, we can only hope that everyone just does the best they can and move forward.
1: Well, thank you, good brother. We appreciate it. You didn't
8: have a question for Dr. Pacoia, but that's okay.
1: Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. My sister, she is a... Psychologist Dr. Pakoya Robinson is on the line right now. If you got issues, now's the time to call. Okay? When we come forward, we go on to Pensacola, Florida.
3: Reasons. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to disappear. the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA
1: Talk 15. One more dance. Is what you with you mama If I could only have Gosh Nas wanted, Nas For this generation He's the greatest MC From the previous generation It's Rockham. But for this generation we Way better than Jay-Z Jay-Z lyrically Is lazy Compared to Nas Do you hear the passion that man is talking about His mother with Oh my god. No, I gotta push back, though. Andy, I know you gotta push back, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that Jay Z Grammy, Grammy family freestyle. Probably change them mind. Man, Jay-Z is regular. If I was still rhyming, I'd dust Jay-Z off. I'm issuing a challenge to you, Jay. Where you at? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, uh, KBLA Talk 1580. My 70-year-old uncle is calling me right now, so and he's calling back-to-back. like He knows I'm on the radio, but that's fine. That's neither here nor there. Listen, we're having a very powerful topic tonight, and it's about the mother wound. And it's a heavy wound to bear, especially if you're carrying it into intimate, relationships it it, it's a it's a heavy wound to bear so let me get my doctor back in here dr picoya who just so happens to be my sister let's get her back in here dr picoya i'm back i'm
2: here
1: are you are you are you ready uh uh, hold on i'm I'm gonna take care of that are you ready Mm -hmm. to talk to some folk i am all right, let's get it done. In Zynga, Pensacola, Florida, do you have questions? Hello? Yes. In Zynga, Can you hear me? do you have questions?
6: Yes. Okay. yes. Hey, Dr. Picot, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So thank you for asking. So, yes, I do have a mother wound. And okay. currently I am, I am running like a peer group. And it's for women who have lost their mothers. And a lot of times I find myself pulling out from them, but I'm not really sharing and addressing things. Mm
4: -hmm. And
6: I guess it's kind of hard. So I'm wondering, like, do you have any ways for me to get around that? Should I tell them that I'm having a hard time? Because a lot of times I don't say anything. I'm just pulling stuff out of them. So I was wondering, do you have, like, any tips or pointers? Should I tell them that I have a hard time saying things and kind of make them, make me, help me address stuff? Because a lot of times I'm just, like I said, they're doing all the talking and I'm not really saying anything. And I This won't is take, in the group but you're it's speaking
2: of. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And the age group?
6: of the group members?
2: Um, I want to
6: say, oh, I want to say probably like or- 38. Yes, ma'am, 38 and probably okay. 46 is the oldest person. And you're considered
2: the, the group leader or the group facilitator. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. And I know okay. I'm not supposed to say much, but I do want to share sometimes. Okay. No, no, no. And, and that's a piece where, as a clinician, we're taught to, refrain from disclosing but there's this piece about the role you get to sit in and the power in that where it's beneficial to not overshare but to actually say even i have a hard time with this subject wouldn't do the group damage it would actually enhance the group it would actually increase the rapport that they have with you and the trust that they have at times it's it's attacked as a therapist to know when and what to disclose to relate to your group members in order to help them get to their next level, to help them heal also. So it's this piece of asking yourself, why do I want to share this? Is it more about healing me or is it actually going to be beneficial in healing them also? That's always the really Mm -hmm. tough question, but when you're doing it in in the correct space and place, why you're doing that, it will be very beneficial to that group. Okay. Does that answer your question okay. help? Yeah, yeah, it does. Because what I
6: read, cause I, you know, I read a couple books and a lot of them were saying, you know, not to put the input. So I felt like my healing was going to be a little ancillary to theirs, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm having a lot of things that I want to say, but again, I don't want to take over, you know, I don't want to take over the group because I'm doing it for them, essentially.
2: Mm. Absolutely. So don't take over the group. Trust yourself and don't take over the group. Just don't do it. When you find yourself elaborating or telling a whole story, there may be a piece that you can limit yourself to even before you go into your next group, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to share this today, and maybe even prefacing in that way, I've said I'm going to share something with you guys, and I've kind of battled with sharing it and why, mm-hmm. and if you mm-hmm. spend time explaining the process and saying, I want to share, I have this too. You know what I mean? And how would that open them up? Because now they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you do. And this is how I feel. You know, it it does open up your group more. It does create a better Mm -hmm. rapport. And it will put you in a space to have your own healing also. But yet, find your own group. Make sure you have your own therapist, those types of things. So when you are in that role, you're Mm -hmm. able to do it. Um, correctly so to speak and not overtake the group
1: I love it I love it I love it thank you Dr. Pocoya up in here on her disclosure reciprocity game. Let's do it. We appreciate you in Zynga. You brought Pensacola, Florida in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-9-2015-80. doctor Pocoya Robinson, of course, she is a licensed psychologist. She's in the building tonight. She's talking about the mother wound that people deal with and carry with them into their adult relationships and a lot of people are being quite transparent to the point of using profanity but that's neither here nor there love from san antonio texas is on the line get in here san antonio how is everyone this evening oh this is relu- i mean this is love <laughs> 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 i know who this is this is a childhood friend okay all right yes it is i was about to say her whole government i'm sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> love is on the line from san antonio texas do you i know you got a story are you willing to share it with my sister dr Pacoya robinson
5: most definitely good evening dr robinson how are you this evening Oh, good evening. I'm well. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. So I want to jump right on in. Mirroring <laughs> the trauma, you know, for me personally, I was raised by my grandparents, right, um, from birth. Uh, my grandmother, very humble, sweet, youngest child, passive person. Nevertheless, I was raised in Texas by ranchers, farmers, that's their background, entrepreneurs, and then at 16, I was taken to California and raised by narcissistic, oldest child, spoiled. Um, there you go. And as a result, I'm coming to the realization that I keep connecting with men that have mother issues, from the Oedipus complex to abandonment to a mother passing away in their arms at a very young
1: age? Mm. Mm -mm. Your question, please make that question clear. There we go.
5: How do you, how do you, okay, I'll put it this way. I've made a conscious choice at a very young age to be happy and to have peace and recognize that I can't be self-righteous. If I want peace, I've got to do the work, right? I've got to do the research, figure out what is the issue. So how do you uncover, then learn to unlearn consistently? Mm. Because it seems as if every one of us, right, if we're honest with ourselves, are hurt, how can we stop mirroring the trauma? Mm. How can... And as us as black people, that's just we all have PTSD to a degree.
1: <laughs> right, some kind of version of it. <laughs> some type Something.
5: Of,
1: right. So, so Dr. Pocoya, I want you to process what she, she said, what Love said, and when we come forward, I want your answers. Y'all hold tight. We going on a ride in a second.
3: He's on fire tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk
1: 1580. Ladies and gentlemen, your brother Zoe Williams and his playlist. Man, tonight's topic is heavy, man. All I know is my mother wasn't the best mother. She had a mental uh, illness issues and on medication. And she she wasn't the best mother, man. But something about me, I just kind of knew at some point, hey, she's limited. Something's wrong. Something's off. She's been through something. And I showed her grace. We've got Dr. Pacoya Robinson. On the line with Love from San Antonio, Texas, we're talking about the mother wound here on The Voice of Reason on KBLA Talk 1580. The topic has been gut-wrenching, to say the least, because we all handle our mothers with kit gloves. And we're dealing with something that's, that's, that's really, really heavy, right? We're talking about wounds that mothers... Have placed in our heart, man. And this is a heavy one, man. When nobody wants to call their mama out. So here we go. Dr. Picoya, my friend Love, my friend Love from San Antonio, Texas, was outlining a situation with her mother. What are your thoughts on some of the things she shared?
2: Okay. So let me make sure I remember all these things, because I made a couple notes. And if I was hearing things correctly, it, it sounds like attracting the same situation. And, though, if you remember anything, help me. I don't,
1: wanna help I, I, I don't want to help you. I want you to, I want I you to, like, <laughs> <But> <laughs>
2: no, it, what she said I was, I,
1: let me just, uh-huh. I'll, Go ahead. I'll, I'll reframe it. What she said was, she was raised by her grandmother. And then when she turned 16, her moms scooped her up and brought her out of Texas to Pasadena, California. I'm sorry. I'm bigging up Pasadena. And brought her to Pasadena. She said her mother was narcissistic. She said her mother was controlling. And now at 16, she was a hooper, too. Oh, man, she could play. She was a little, a little point guard. Oh, I'm sorry. I digress. So... uh. <laughs> She was, she was raised by the, her mother, and she, what she said was subsequent relationships. As an adult, she started to see patterns that she may have picked up from the toxicity that her mother imbued in her during the time she was under her mother's care. Did I get it right, love?
5: Yes, precisely.
1: Okay, cool. Pekoya, and the question is in your why memory. Show up. That?
5: I just wanted to make
2: sure I'm answering the question. The question is about why am I, or why is love mimicking or regurgitating kind of those Mm -hmm. things in her adult life now? Is Mm -hmm. that right, love? Mm
4: -hmm.
5: Yeah, I I feel that there's this unconscious draw of the opposite sex to have the exact Mm -hmm. same issue. Okay, gotcha. Abandoned so, Oedipus complex because, here, I'm going to just say this much, Dr. Robinson, because remember, I had one that was sweet, passive, hugs, kisses, well, you know, rise and shine in the morning, good night and night, say prayers. Then the other, complete opposite, didn't know my coming and going, you go to share something hurtful, and there's this complete disconnect. Mm-hmm. The first hug ever in my life was probably a month or two ago. Mm.
2: And is that the one you're most drawn to? No. Okay. And this is why I'm asking is what's happening that you're finding discomfort in the way you're attaching to people, other than knowing like, oh, I know where this stuff came from because that's the first step. No, Once you know, now it's like, what are you going to do about it? And that becomes a very conscious daily intention to do something different, even though it's against your, um, your impulse, like your reaction, right? That thing that is just on automatic. You're on autopilot in your life. And if you choose to take back over the driver's seat, then you have choice in that. So that's another piece of taking responsibility for how you show up. It's easier to be like, oh, my mom did it. Oh, it's because of my mom. But it's a lot harder to sit there and say, no, that's me. I'm in control now. So it's a harsh thing. And when I challenge my clients and I'm like, hey, you want to be challenged today? When do you plan on showing back up and taking some responsibility? And those are the places where you push yourself and you get to say, hey, why do I keep attracting these same experiences? Have I not gotten a lesson? Because sometimes we marry the teacher and class is over.
1: Mm. Mm. (laughs) Come on.
5: I'm I'm literally taking notes. Yes, come on. So, so, So this is my concern, right? I I've, I've been a counselor myself. You know, I've I've mentored and I still mentor. But if th- this is a thing, right, there was a constant power struggle between these two moms. Right? And I think that's where the abandonment shows up. I think that's where the Oedipus complex shows up because there's the sweetness, right, of of oh, I can do everything for you and then there's the, the I will do nothing for you, right? Mm. But So I recognize those things at a very young age, and I care for myself at a very young age. So I felt like I moved past that. These people that I find myself connected with, I find out their issues later on. So now I'm I'm one of those people saying, you know, you see the Ready to Love show, and the first question out your mouth is, okay, do you have mama issues? Mm. Because Mm -hmm. you're trying to hold yourself accountable, right, to that mother wound and not mirroring the pain or finding her twin for the pain, right? But then at the same time, when I say I'm in a great place with the both of them, we have a great time, there's, there's no negativity. We talk to her through every single thing. She's on up to hers. I've on up to mine in not letting go of the pain in my 20s. You know, I'm 51 years old now. So how is it still showing up is what I'm trying to say through the relationships. Even when the person seems healed, right? Like, I feel that I have a excellent relationship now. We're not officially, like, in a relationship per se, like titles. But my point is it's very healthy. It's a direction that I would love to move towards. But there's something there, mother-wise. You see where I'm going? And it's not Mm -hmm. up to me to claim it healed or not, but there is a mother thing going on.
2: Okay. Well, you know, it's more than this five minutes is going to allow, but (laughs) I would say (laughs) when you're seeing those aspects, sometimes you you get to just say, ha, that's there, and not try to make more out of it. Um, And you don't know you're fully healed until the opportunity to do something different in that very similar familiar and comfortable situation presents itself because we all pray to be amazing and perfect. Right. And then it's until right. somebody comes and presses us and challenges us that we get to act imperfect or we get to act the way we've been praying for. Ooh, I wish I was a little more Ooh. elevated and I would do this differently. Mm. The opportunity to show up has to present itself. Then you can say, oh, I'm healed or
5: I am not healed. Mm-hmm. when that's your cycle so is on repeat because I, yes mm-hmm. go because ahead we have a tendency like you said to act perfect when being imperfect is really always the better move just being you right that opportunity yeah, to show up allows you to yeah yeah that's beautiful now i want to say this one thing i want to squeeze this in because i have three daughters so okay. we know that this can be generational, right? I forgot the term that um Zoe
2: used so earlier, wait. which was so, magnificent. no no no.
1: Just wait, just wait. Love, hold mm-hmm. that thought. We're gonna talk about the three baby booze on the other side. When we come forward, Dr. Pecoya Robinson and Love from San Antonio, Texas. They cooking with grease tonight. I hope y'all learning something about this powerful mother wound situation. Is it good to you? Good to
3: you. More Voice of reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward.
1: forward. Your mama was abusive. <laughs> LL, your mama was abusive if she told you to knock somebody out. She was encouraging violence. <laughs> Y'all know Kumo D is my homeboy. I can't be in here rocking the LL Kool J. Let's do this, man. Dr. McCoy, uh... And love from San Antonio. We're working through some things right now. Um, please continue where you guys left off. We have a, sh- uh, a, a small amount of time, so I hope we can get some uh, uh, s- some small bit of information or light here. Dr. Picoya, you were addressing love. Can we go?
2: Oh, we can go. Um, I can't remember where we left off, but I feel like love was about to give me a second part.
1: Of yes, I was. Oh, so you do remember. Good. Okay, good. Love, so. go ahead. Finish.
5: So, in a nutshell, uh, Dr. Robinson, I have three daughters, right? Adult daughters, independent, all the sorts have their own space, own place, the whole bit. Um, it was excellent, the advice that you gave earlier regarding for all of us as individuals, whether man, woman, whatever our issue is, to use every opportunity as an opportunity to show up and be ourselves, right? But the second part of it, when you mentioned marrying the teacher, right, our goal is to not marry the teacher. So one of the tips I believe that can address that is to show up being yourself. Are there any other tips that you would like to share that I could actually, right, pour out to my daughters as reminders to avoid marrying the teacher? Mm. And in and,
2: and the marrying the teacher is a figure of speech, and it can be used as like mm-hmm. we end up sometimes marrying our parents, which are the teachers, but also marrying the teacher can be the person who gives us our biggest lesson. And when class is over. It's like, oh, God, now I'm seeing all of these things um, mm-hmm. to where you can practice it, right, to where you can see it, to where it comes forward, and then you can actually do something about it. Um, the other mm-hmm. piece it would be is that vulnerability with daughters um, or sons or however you're showing up as a parent um, and offering those opportunities for them to share if they are, they're feeling wounded and c- keeping that communication open where they can come to you and say, hey, you messed me up, mom, mm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. initiating that conversation. I'm fortunate to have a mom that's able to do that. That says, hey, just sit down and tell me what I know. I know some of the things I did. But at that time, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we get to foster this conversation. But she initiates it. And sometimes as a parent, you are the one that's responsible for facilitating those conversations. It's not for your children to come to you.
1: Can can I intervene? If the children do come to her and they do say, hey, wait a minute mom this happened and you did this or you didn't do this and the mother is reluctant to have the discussion then what do you do the mother mm-hmm. doesn't want to be accountable the mother does it i don't remember that i i don't even know what mm-hmm. you're talking about i don't i can't remember none of that what does that mean how do you proceed after Absolutely.
2: that Absolutely. and that's a good question so when you hear that also. I tell my clients, when you're parent, you initially go into that conversation expecting the worst. I prepare them for what if they don't show up? What if they say, you're crazy. Get out of here. Get over it. Mm. What do you want from that parent? What do you want from them? They're, they're not going to relive and recreate that childhood. What do you want? So we have to get to the bottom of that.
1: I got you, Doc. Listen, the babies are calling for you right now. You're going to have to go on over there. They let you be on here longer than you were supposed to. So you might as well go on over there and get that you baby. Hear them? So They're going to have a wound. I are going to a wound. Yes, you've been ignoring them. <laughs> then I'll get over there and talk to the babies now. I appreciate Baytime. you. I love you. We'll talk to you soon. So, I love you too, bro yes yes so let's do this love did she help you
5: yes very much so um it's it's it served more as confirmation than anything you know and confirmation man is always golden
1: well that's good that's good i'm glad you were able to call through i'm glad you were able to get through and and i'm glad thank you were able you. to get some insight and some help thank you so much for reaching out thank you for supporting me all this time wow We appreciate it if you want to bring your city in the building. All you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. You're listening to The Voice of Reason on KBLA Talk 1580. Tonight's topic has been one of those gut-wrenchers. Mommy dearest. Understanding problems in the child and mother relationship. Because, man, because mother, it don't get no closer than mama. Because mama is so close it just feels like that wound, right? It just feels like that wound is that much deeper because it's mom. And oftentimes we refuse to acknowledge that mama did it. We can't believe mama did it. So, gosh, it just it just hurts, man. Listen, but as the doc was saying that I thought that was profound, in the research that I've been doing, I was reading um, uh, the book that I... Um, the book that I uh, asked uh, the young lady to pick up yesterday, I was reading that book today uh, and I forgot the name of the book. Jeez. But I was reading it today. And one of the one of the things that came out. And one of the things that come out and all of the research that I did on this particular topic. I call it self authorship in my shrouded lighthouse book, self authorship. At some point, all the stuff your mother or father poured into you, you've got to go back through all of the stuff they poured, or or should I say, stored in you. You got to go back and uncover all of that stuff and you got to see what's toxic, right? What's limited, what's broken, what's, you know, what's wounded. And you got to discard it. And I was listening to the doc and she was like, you have to make a decision to say to yourself, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to do it this way. I don't want to do it your way anymore. I want to do it differently. To me, that's an act of self authorship. And self authorship is about the cultivation of self-knowledge and who your mother was and what she poured into you can be extracted from what you consider to be knowledge of self. Extracted mean I'm going to take this out. Because none of this serves me. My mother was toxic in this area. I don't need to carry on this tradition. Listen, we started the conversation. What you gonna do? I want you to finish it. Tomorrow, I'll be back with yet another heater. But listen, the fire is not gonna go out. You know why? Danny Morrison is up next. And he gonna keep the fire lit. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Deuces.
3: Keep it inside. You're the driving force in my life. There isn't anything or anyone that I could be, and it just wouldn't feel right. I didn't have you by my side. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.